Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Blessed greetings and love, Tommy Doves. Welcome to Bob Radio. How you doing? Hey, man. Good. Thanks for uh, having me here. I appreciate it. Well, Tommy, if you guys don't know who Tommy is, Tommy's been uh, doing music here in San Diego for some time. Uh, we've done a bunch of shows together. We've been working together for years and years. And he's a musician, producer, dub enthusiast, dub producer. And um, so if, if they haven't heard of you, Tommy, how, how where, where are you coming from? Where, what's your roots of music and Who's Tommy Dubs and, and what's what's going on with Tommy Dubs? Yeah, so I um, I got my start back when my my cousins were in a punk band and I held an electric guitar for the first time when I was like <laughs> eight and I I literally knew I'm like I have to play music and for like the next five years I probably had some beat up classical guitar that I couldn't even play but mm -hmm. um, yeah that's how I like my whole foray into music started and um yeah i played a lot of reggae music in um in arizona from like 99 to 2002 before i came out to san diego and always kind of you know playing on the outskirts of reggae music never really saying what i was doing was reggae but you know along that journey kind mm -hmm. of fell in love with um, with dub music and was it like um, was it, what, 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 did you keep the did you keep the dub st stuff going like HR or was that kind of like punky reggae or what, what, was it just or more like uh, experimental type reggae? Yeah, in the beginning, I was way more of like I had, I mean like anyone at that age, I had no idea what I was doing. You know what I mean? <laughs> like course. the total poser. You know, <laughs> like wearing. Bob Marley, red, golden, green, tank tops, like, just, you know, my blonde hair. Just sure. Like, you know, sure. just, I did, you know, it's funny, but, um, so yeah, but yeah, the, the punky, yeah, the, probably in like 2002, 2003 is when I really started trying to incorporate like the dub elements with more rock and roll, I guess you would say. Okay. But, um, and I think that's carried through even, even more recently. Uh, into my production as well, but um, but yeah, I, I I don't really think I really understood the whole the whole dub thing until probably 
you know, seven or eight years ago till I really understood what it was. I remember, um, I remember when I bought my first record that had a dub on it, like I was really kind of upset because it was like one of these CDs <laughs> that was like song, version, song, version, song, yeah. version. And I'm like, what the hell? Mm-mm. It's five songs. And then there's another <laughs> song that's just the same song. Yeah, right? You know? And, I felt that way before. I felt that, that way before. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And then, you know what I mean? And now looking back, I was like, wow, okay. You know? <laughs> but yeah, that, but yeah, anyways, I've, that was kind of uh, I, I figured it out more recently, and you know I just love it. Yeah, yeah, I did the similar thing. I'm like, I was like, wow, you know, I'm like, I've been sitting on gold this whole time. <laughs> yeah, totally, <laughs> totally. Oh, uh, but you know, that's awesome. And um, so you moved to San Diego. You started some band. You had a big success with a band called Gadfly. Uh, how how long did that go? Yeah. What was going on with that? With that? Yeah, so Gadfly went on probably for about, you know, five years, probably 2002 to 2007, something like that. And, um, yeah, we had a lot of local success. That was really in a time where, um, you know, before the the scene really exploded like it has in the last five years. Um, but we were, you know, we called it, you know, rock steady rock. And we had an upright bass player, but he was playing, you know, reggae bass lines and, um you know, it was just a little three-piece band, uh-huh. really influenced by, you know, obviously bands like Sublime and things like that. But, um, right. yeah, that, you know, kind of ran its course. We're still great friends with those guys. But, yeah, Gadfly, um, Gadfly is one of those bands that I feel like if it was around today, it would be, like, way more successful than it was back then, you know. Mm. But um, I, I love that band. I, that was a really, really, really good time. Um, it's one of those things where you look back and, you don't. You didn't really realize, like, oh my God, that was such a good group of guys that got along so well. And mm-hmm. we, you know what I mean? Like, I do. I, you didn't. You don't really. And now I'm looking back. I'm like, man, I. Re-. It's always looking back. Hindsight's twenty twenty. But um. But yeah, Gadfly was was rad. I love that band. And then, and then, so Gadfly, you took some time off, and then you came back as Tommy Dubs, or was there something in between there? Yeah, that's that's pretty much it. So the reason for that was I was devastated by Gadfly breaking up, and, the, and it broke up because the bass player, who I'm still best friends with, he was just you know he was moving, he was having kids, and he was leaving, mm-hmm. and uh, I was like, I I never want to go through that again. Like it was, <laughs> I always say, breaking up in a band, mm-hmm. it's like breaking up with like five girlfriends at the same time, right? You know? And sure. uh, so I was like, I'm doing a solo thing, and you know, maybe I'll be fortunate enough to get people to like, you know, join my band. But the thought was, you know, if anyone quit, it didn't matter because the band was my. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I, it's it's it, going to be Tommy Doves no matter what. Yeah. No matter who's in the yeah, band, it's going to it be Tommy Doves. Yeah, totally. And that that Gadfly breakup was super instrumental in in kind of going out um, and, and kind of doing my own thing that way, and then. But then doing your solo thing has its drawbacks too. You know, the the guys don't feel as invested. It's your name on the bill. You know, it's right. not it's not a it's not a band. And, it's more uh, like for higher sometimes you know, almost. Yeah, and I was fortunate that the guys I was playing with were all down and super super cool guys. But it would have been you know it would have been a different story if it was like a band. You yeah. know, But um, yeah. So I then know, yeah. So mean. then that kind of happened. Yeah, I know what you mean. So yeah. okay, well, awesome. So that whole time being a musician, obviously you had to get into engineering and having recording equipment and 
and you got into being an engineer, yeah? Yeah, yeah. So, you know, this is the guys from uh, Warsaw, Warsaw Poland Brothers, um, were, were super instrumental into getting me into recording. They did all their own recording back when, like, they're, you know, people didn't have laptops, you know, they were recording on, you know, computers that had the power of like a calculator, you know? Right. Like, I know what just, you mean. Yeah. And they, I just saw like, when I, when I realized like, oh my God, you could do this yourself. Um, it was, you know, it blew me away. And Aaron from Warsaw really kind of showed me the ropes and, um, and taught me how to engineer and, you know, taught me Very basically cool. g- gave me the free, yeah, yeah, he gave me the freedom to like mess up and 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 figure out how to do it and just his attitude towards it was just it just you know, opened my mind. Open, open, uh, it's like an open lab. The digital the digital yeah. experience kind of opened up recording to be like a digital lab for everybody and um you could spend yeah, much totally. time and and uh you didn't have to pay all these exorbitant amounts for studio time. You could just do it yourself. And so that's that's how you got into yeah. engineering, yeah? Yeah, that's pretty much it right there. And then so you ended up making a record with the Warsaw Brothers, a Strictly Dub album, right? Yeah, so we um, we did a split record called Warsaw Poland Brothers vs. Stucky. And we, it was 18 songs. And, you know, it's funny because definitely my most successful release, and I, I don't even know that my name is even in the liner notes because <laughs> we were going by... <laughs> Stucky at the time, okay. but uh, yeah, it was rad. We would like Aaron and I would. It started out with like eight songs, and we would trade songs when I was living in Tucson, and and then I moved it to Argentina, and we literally started FedExing so- songs back and forth through the mail. I mean, this was before you could send a song really via you internet, know, the yeah. internet. Yeah, yeah, crazy. So we would. I, I would go to FedEx, I would pick up his mixes, I would listen, and I would be like, oh, sh-, you know, these are way better than mine, and then I would, like, work on mine, and then I'd send him back, and then he would get them and be like, oh, man, Tommy took it to the next level, you know, until finally we were like, this is done, and we put it out. But, yeah, that's a great, great record. Uh, it's called Dub Confrontation, actually. Dub Confrontation. So, Stucky, if yeah. that's your, that was your name before he before uh, you were doing all that stuff. Amazing, amazing, amazing. And yeah. so, in, um, earlier we were talking, you were saying you've made a lot of records and over the time we've made some yeah. music together. We've been in the studio together. You're saying this is probably your most successful record? Is your dub I record? Mean, number, numbers-wise, yeah. I mean, literally I've had people recommend it to me. Like, you should listen <laughs> to this. And I'm like, oh, I have to listen to that. Wow, that but is cool. I'm not cool. kidding. It's, it's happened a bunch of times where I've just been like, it's, but like people know that record a lot. And, uh, um, and, and yeah, and but the, the beauty of it, you had Warsaw touring the country and they were selling it. So, they, I mean, they played 300 shows a year. So they wow. were give, you know, giving that record to, to everyone. So it really got around. Okay, that is awesome. That is awesome. That is awesome. So from there, you just stayed recording, stayed making music, and then um, you eventually split, Tommy Dove split up, and then you became Bang Pow? Yep, yep, and then, so that was, you know, we did this, uh, I got really, really frustrated with, um, you know, the music scene, again, that was really exploding. Uh, we, we've always been, like, 
the Tommy Dove's band, we always considered it like a musician's band. Like other bands loved us, right? But like we we never really got the um you know, recognition that we wanted with, you know, the crowds. Right, and right. Not the same so I, I really was fed up and the popularity, the the, really, the press popularity and media yeah. popularity didn't didn't pick up on, on what you guys were doing like they did on other bands that came just after you or just before you. Yeah. And yeah, exactly, you exactly. And so I just said, Hey, you know, I want to do this whole other style of music and um, you know, it was really we did this band Bang Pow that was really similar to like some of these electronic dance bands and you know, we had a vision for it, and it, it completely blew up. It, it was only around for three years. Again, people had to move and, and leave, but, yeah, it we did. very successful. We, you know, super successful, dude. So we, we I was really stoked on that. that, that you guys got to play Kaboo? Oh, that's amazing. <laughs> yeah, Kaboo, Oyster Fest, Music Box a ton of times. Like, we were getting... And some of that, um, it was it wasn't like a, electric dance rock, but I could hear the dub. I could hear some of the frequencies of dub in in your music, even with that band. Yeah, I, I definitely. And people would say that to us, and it would like piss us off because we'd be like, "Oh, we're trying to get away from that." But yeah, <laughs> like, no, for sure. <laughs> very cool. Very cool. Now, um, dub confrontation. That's not your. That's not your only dub album, yeah. No, I did. Uh, I did one last year called uh, God. I can't even remember the name of it. Tommy Dubs versus the Robotic Zombies, and okay. um, that one is yeah, full length dub record. Uh, really like that album. Yeah, but it was the whole idea was you know we just you know felt like the 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 music that was coming out the very popular you know California reggae scene has been almost like you know mechanical mm -hmm. and the whole idea was like you know we're against the robotic zombies and we, we tried to you know mix it as rootsy as possible and use as many old recording techniques as possible yeah so Sick. that, that was uh, that, cool. that came out last year very 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 cool so um, we were talking earlier and um, you know, we're, we're we're going to talk some more about dub, but what does dub mean to you? Yeah, so that's you know a a, a great question. Um, you know, the most the easiest way to put it is it it really turns the um, the producer and the engineer into a musician, and mm -hmm. it turns the the console into an instrument. Um, I mean, at the simplest form. You know, that's really what I what I think it is. But I also, it's like the most pure style of music and the most efficient style of music. Like a lot of things in Jamaica, right? Like it was all born out of necessity. It was born out of how do we get the most out of this one track? Well, let's make <laughs> right. a version. Yeah. You know? Yeah. You know, and that's like when people listen to like the the keyboard horns on on early dancehall stuff, they're like, I can't believe that they would use that sound. And it's like, well, dude, they didn't have a horn section. Like, <laughs> right? It's necessity. It's totally necessity. So, yeah, I think dub is like, you know, it it's so it's such a pure art form it's, for sure. It's it's a it's a it's a beautiful art form. I really love dub and dub music, and I always have, and that's. That's how I really got pulled into 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 reggae music and was with dub and uh, 
that stuff because uh, you know I was like a big Led Zeppelin freak and I would listen to live Led Zeppelin concerts and I would love the long solos and the um, just the instrumentals and then when yeah. I heard dub music I'm like hey this is cool <laughs> you know yeah well dude so were you were you a deadhead too yeah yeah I was a deadhead too yeah, I didn't know that about you. I saw you you posted like the 77 Cornell show or something the other day, and yeah. I'm like, oh, man, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah, yeah I've, I've, I've rediscovered them, too, lately. I've really been... Um, anyways, that's for not our, for our, for our show, fans, for, yeah. for our fans, <laughs> for our fans, just so they can get to know me sometimes through the interview, too. I've seen over 100 and 100, about 118 Grateful Dead shows, and I've seen the Jerry Garcia band about 20 times. So I, I was... Wow, man, I had no idea. Yeah. The tour freak. That's right. For a little while, yeah. anyway. But um, so dub music is just—it's just so beautiful and it's an awesome art form. And you know, like even like Grateful Dead, you know, their instrumentals are like dub. You know, it's like it's in yeah. the, those, those long jam sessions are is 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 like dub to to me. And I just I just yeah, it's a great thing. And um, so like the being the creation the creating part of dub is like. Tell me about the creation part of, of being creating a dub song. Like how? Tell me about your, yeah. your process of creating a dub song. Something comes in your head, you so, hear a sample, or what, what's going on? You want to mimic something or recreate a version, or? Yeah, like to to do it the you know the the purest way, right? Is like you you deconstruct from something that's already been done, right? So right. you're saying, you know, send me the send me the tracks or whatever, but. Um, but the the technique, so that's one thing about the computer that kind of screwed this whole thing up with dub music is, you know, the the true dub art form is it's one take. You know, the the engineer is rocking the delays and the sends and mm -hmm. and, and and messing with King the, the effects. Style. King Tubby style, yeah. Lee scratch totally. style, printing like live tape. yeah. And then it's done, right? That's that is like when I think of like what is dub music. Mm -hmm. That is dub music. So, like, when, when bands say, like, you know, we're a dub band, you know, it, it's usually they're not. You know, not to sound snobby, but you know what I mean? Like, I, yeah. dub is, like, it's, yeah. So, for me, I I tried to, the last couple, the last couple years, I've really tried to mimic that approach where, um, you know, take one take through at least. You know, even if I've got the tracks on a computer, I run it through an analog mixer and then back into the computer, uh -huh. so it captures what I'm doing live. And, right. Um, you know, that's you know, so that that's one way or another way. Like if if a if a band wants something super super produced, then I go onto the computer and start editing stuff. But it's way more fun to do it live and and try to capture that take. And the tricky thing about that is you're like you have to accept all the mistakes that you make because you're not going to do it perfect. Right. 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 So yeah, I know I know what you mean. I, I talked yeah. to this this uh, gentleman. He's a guitar player. His name's Andy Basford, and he recorded this album called "The Harder They Strum," which is an instrumental dub version of "The Harder They Come." And he's like, oh. "Well, we did it the old way, and we got everybody in the room, yeah. and we said, let's take it. We're flying by the seat of our pants, and let's all go and play this live in the studio." Instead of like tracking right. it one 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 one, and he said it was an amazing experience, and the record came out great, and has a different feel, and has more energy. Yeah, and um, you know, and that's 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 really the purest art, purest way of doing dub, right? Well, and and yeah, absolutely with dub, and in music in general, like 
some of your favorite records were done that way. All the Zeppelin stuff, the Rolling Stone stuff, the Beatles stuff, to an extent. I mean, Beatles took it to another level. But yeah, that, that get everyone in a room and record a record at the same time. I mean, that's a lost art form in itself. That's really cool. What, the Harder They Strum? Yeah. Is that what it's called? Yeah, The Harder They Strum. I gotta check that out. I'll, I'll send it to that's you. Right. I'll send it to you. He, it's great. Yeah. Um, he's, he's, he, like, we're talking. We have time. There's nothing, you know, pressing. We're, we're no, no specific like song or video you're releasing or anything like that. So um, check out this guy's story. He um, was a, a kid living in, in New York. Was, went to some college. Saw some film. Uh, it might have been the harder they come, and uh, yeah. decided to start to check out some uh, record stores and buy some of the music that was in the movie. Uh, ended up going down to Jamaica in like 1974 or something, hooking up with Bo P and working at Channel One, and then he went on the road wow. with, with uh, Dennis Brown, and he's on like tons of records on Channel One stuff, and he's he, he works with Derek uh, Barnett, which is the bass player for Sagittarius, which was Yellow Man's band, and uh, yeah, you know, his, his crazy story. He just got into reggae music and just. It, and he, he, right now he's you know working session player and all kinds of stuff. So that's rad. That's super rad. So um, with Dub now, kind of like, kind of like Alba, Alba, Sorry to cut you off, but it's kind of like Alba Rosie in the fact, right? Like he, where's he from? Germany or Italy? Italy, he's Italy he's, right? He's from Italy. Yeah, he's from Italy. Yeah. And moved to Jamaica and bought a bunch of old Studio One gear or something. And yeah, he um learned the craft. Yeah, he um he had a reggae band in Italy, and then he's like, you know what, I. Uh, he was drawn to reggae music, and he wanted to find out the foundation. Where, where is this music coming from? How is this music made? And so he went to start going to Jamaica, making visits, trips to Jamaica back and forth. And he started in 95, and by 1999, he's like, forget it. I'm moving to Jamaica. I'm going to make a base there. And slowly but surely, he wow. started recording there. Started, he got popular, and then slowly but surely, he started get, getting lessons from King Jammies and going to Waterhouse and finding King Tubby's old recording equipment and purchasing it and putting it in his studio and that's that's what that's what's going on that's what he was talking about that's so crazy yeah i've read that i mean and, and it sounds in his music too i mean he's he is proper for sure oh, yeah. his stuff is really 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 fire yeah and right. the stuff that's going on in europe is really fire that's what i wanted to talk to you about next um yeah so i've been following the sound system culture in europe and it's really massive it's like we don't have anything like that here i haven't seen I've seen plenty of sound systems here and, and root style Rastaman sound systems, custom made sound systems, but not to the extent that they have it going on over there. And it's it's a really a big movement and I really think that style of music, big sound systems and speaker boxes is gonna come over here and it's gonna be fun to experience that. And I was wondering what you thought about that. Have you been following that or seeing seeing any of that stuff in your on your radar? Yeah, and I mean then not Europe, but you all, I have been following all, Europe, all, all over, all over, the, all over the world. Actually, Mighty Crown, yeah, yeah, Japan and what they're doing over there. But yeah, it's amazing. And you know, to me, I want you know, I, I spent a lot of time thinking about like why don't we do it like that here? You know, like why don't we? Um, because it, that's where it all comes from. Even dub, the roots are from a sound system culture, oh, yeah, right? Yeah, from absolutely, um, absolutely, King Tubby. And, and it's yeah, we kind of separate the. It seems like we've separated a little bit the you know the history from uh, we've lost a little bit of that history and what we're doing over here. Oh, so yeah. yeah, I've definitely been following that in in Europe. But Europe is different too because they've 
they've always had like Don Letts, who was, you know, the uh, mm-hmm. working with the Clash and the Sex Pistols. He was spinning dub the punk rockers in the UK in the seventies. Yeah. You know? So they've they've had this like in, in, integration of like dub music with punk and rock and rock and roll and whatever. Yeah, it's always been part of their culture over there, as far as musical culture. So sure. it, it makes sense that they're going pulling the sound system culture into it. But yeah, there are some people around here that are doing it like that. But yeah, in Europe, it's just again, I, reggae is a lot bigger. Pure reggae is a lot bigger in Europe than oh, yeah. here. I feel for like, sure. You know? oh, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. And we've you know we've each each each. Uh, each continent and each country and each culture has their own style of reggae music. You know, the Indonesians totally. have their style. The South Americans have their style. The Americans have their style. The Chinese have, Japanese have their own style. Canadians have their style. You know, and of course, Jamaica dance hall and you know reggaeton and all Latin America. It's 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 huge. It's huge. So yeah, it's a, it's a big yeah. it's a big big movement. Well, Tommy, it's been so nice talking to you about dub music yeah, and man. your career and, and um, getting your thoughts about the future of music and and stuff like that. Yeah, rad, man. I really appreciate the time. Yeah, man. So you see yourself making some more dub records? You're going to continue making dub records? Yeah, so I've got I've got a ton on standby, right? Like I've got I do have a uh, a record coming out probably in the next 2 months that I'm putting the finishing touches on it and I've got like Carlos from B side, Tippa Lee's on it. Oh, wicked! Um, I got so, yeah, some 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 of my homies. Dave from the Tommy Does band is playing drums on a lot. There's a there's a ton of people on digital it. Digital Dave. Uh, <laughs> there's some yeah, digital Dave exactly. There's some dub on that, and uh, but yeah, I'll do another dub record here soon for sure. I know New Leaf is uh, Scotty has got is getting me to dub one dub one of their tracks, so we'll wicked. have a single coming out for New Leaf soon. Killer, but yeah, uh, yeah, for sure. Well, Tommy, well, we're looking forward to for more work from you. I, I love getting your perspective on music, and you always always put on a great vibe and always super professional uh, musicianship and engineering, and, you know, hats off for your craftsmanship and your professionalism, you know? Hey, man, thanks. You too, man. You've done uh, a tremendous amount for the, for the local scene and given a lot of people a stage that otherwise maybe wouldn't have one, so... We all appreciate you for that. Oh, man, man. It's, it's nice to be part of your part of our community. So it's it's a beautiful thing. Yeah, man. Hey, well, Tommy, you know, thank you for your time and um, thank you so much. Yeah, man, for sure.